We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson. Welcome to another, sadly, our second straight edition of Group Therapy presented by Spotify Live and Mavs Moneyball. This is very not fun. Um, but again, if you guys will remember why we started doing these, was not only because I found the platform, but because it feels better to talk about your frustrations. It feels better to kind of work these things through. It's much better to do it here than on social media. So we're going to talk about the loss. The Mavericks uh, played a weird game through the fourth quarter, and we're uh, you know, then the fourth, or then the fourth quarter, the Suns just detonated on them. Um, I wrote about the game. My main thoughts about this, and and you know, I don't think people are going to like this, but when it comes to how Dallas plays, if Luca wants to continue to play the way that he wants to play, he cannot look like he smoked three packs of cigarettes by the start of the fourth quarter. He was winded and angry, and it affected how he played. Um, the wind thing is going to matter. If he wants to play like James Harden, he has to be a tank the way James Harden became by like year four in Houston. Luckily, he's young, and he said himself, I simply have to play better defense. The next thing that I that I covered was how I, I need the real Jalen Brunson to please show up. Um, and the final thing that I question is what the coaching staff is doing, watching Dwight Powell just get maimed and murdered on repeat and expecting it to somehow work out. Uh, the Mavericks lost the opening minutes of the third quarter and the opening minutes of the first quarter. And that's happened for two straight games now. And bought, like, if you remove like the sun's detonating in the fourth, that's where the game was lost in, in, in the trenches and the Mavericks have to do better. And I, I really don't understand what the coaching staff was doing. We've had a lot of praise for this coaching staff and squeezing a ton out of this roster. So I do think it's okay to quit criticize them here. Not saying they're bad because again, 
I think we're going to talk about the limitations of this roster and some of the stuff that we've known for three years. But I think what they've done is squeezed as much as they can from this group. And I don't really know where Dallas goes from here. Okay, so long list. We're going to talk till we're done. But let's try to keep this uh, relatively brief because I'm sure all of us want to go to bed. Um, speaking of that, I'm going to give my man on the East Coast, Ewan, chance to go first because I'm sure he's tired. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, man? Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I patiently waited for you to get this going, man, because I was I was going to go to bed, but I'm like, nah, it's it's 1.30, pretty much 1.30 over here. But, ah, man, I don't, know what to, I don't know where to start, man. It was like Reggie Bullock was our second leading scorer tonight. Yep, very good. Quite the Reggie game. Our second leading scorer tonight. I mean, Luca's going to get picked apart on defense, but it's like he's going to look sluggish if you got to carry the offense. I mean, it, it, there's times where he gets in the paint and he has the shot and he try to look, you know, he try to facilitate. But I'd rather just kill a Luca. Just, just, just stay aggressive because clearly the other guys, they don't know what to do with the ball at this stage it's like they're scared yeah yeah and the mavericks had to go deep in their bag when brunson picks up two fouls dorian picks up three fouls and the guys who the non-starters actually played a really good game it's the starters outside of you know uh, reggie couldn't really do much yeah and and one thing about Phoenix, when 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 whoever's on the floor, when they get the ball, they go. Like there's no hesitation yep. when they get the ball. Like they you know the ball moves. There's no hesitation. And should I drive? Should I shoot? They make a decision and they do it. With us, it's like, wait, should I dribble? Should I shoot it? Should I pass it? That's like, a team. That's like the entire team too, including Luca. Down to like Dinwiddie's the guy who I rag on the most about it because it's like he gets the ball in surveys like it's the fourth fourth game that he's playing on a YMCA court and he's tired and he's like hmm wonder what I'm going to do and then 4 seconds go off the clock and then he makes a choice but it's like half the Mavericks like they they're the Suns and they're they're here in proverbial footsteps on on stuff so yeah i know what you mean yeah i mean i know a lot, a lot of people want to talk so but um Frank, you got to just give Frank Green minutes. Like, don't waste your time. Just give Frank Green minutes, start Maxi. Because like you said, we can't start the game out down 9-0 again because Powell is getting killed. Just start Maxi from a jump. Don't waste your time. Yeah, I completely agree. Don't 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 waste your time, you know? But hopefully home cooking is better. Um, Hopefully. That's all yeah. I got to hope. All right, thank you, man. Appreciate sure it. Sure thing. Talk soon. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, coming up next. Uh, Hey, Brad. What's going on, buddy? One more time with the mute button. Brad, there we are. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Second, the fact that, like, can we just, like, Pal can, like, make two alley-oops maybe in the game. That's it. Like, he just does not need to start, doesn't need to play 10 minutes. Even though Dorian, like, obviously, like, him getting 3,000 in the first quarter was really rough. Um, and then the like, fact that he was yeah. in for the third foul was what really frustrated me. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the second time it's happened this playoffs where Maxi got three foul, three fouls in the first quarter of game. Was it five? It was three really stupid Maxi fouls in like well, six minutes. I mean, the realistic problem is like, who else plays though? Like, I mean, you know, like you have to assume like 
the foul for Dorian tonight, like it was, it was a good foul. Like he, you have to challenge that play. Like, you know, but we just don't, we don't have the players like to just sub him out and say, okay, yeah, no, it'll be fine. Cause like, well, yep, we have Josh Green is the next man up. And like, you know, I am still a Josh Green fan, but like he's also turns out it's not going to be a difference maker in this playoff series. Right. Right. And then, I don't know, this also is showing off like Brunson is the biggest story of like this again, just like the Clippers for last year. Like, I mean, is he really the guy that we're going to pay 20, 20 mil, maybe more? I mean, I just don't, I mean, I, I love it for a, I love Brunson. I love it for a regular season. But in the playoffs, like, he has looked rough against a real defense. Like, he had the yeah. fortune to play against the, the Jazz, who don't defend. And then you just had to beat Gobert, maybe, like, when yeah. you get in the mid-range. And then when there's a semblance of a defense, like, I just don't, like, that's not someone I want to pay $20 million to. I understand. I mean, Rick Brunson couldn't have given that interview at a worse time because I don't think Brunson's played that well since uh, since he since he chatted and was like, you know, we're not going to get a discount. And it's like, I'm not really in the headspace to talk about what I think he should be offered or anything like that. But I will cool. say that this is people yell at me about this stuff. Like this is a pro like I love having lots of followers interacting with people, but people love telling me I'm wrong based on like very small sample sizes. And it's like, when we say Brunson is, is like bothered by length. What we really mean is Brunson struggles against good defenses and it's great that he wallops the shit out of bad teams. It's very helpful. And I really mean that, but Mm -hmm. for the Mavericks to be a next level team, he can't be getting blocked from behind and looking shocked at what's happened. I I put this in my recap. He has nine field goals in this series and eight personal fouls. That's bad. So, so that, that's like the issue for me is like we have to realize like at this point like we're not just like a we're not trying to be a good regular season team like we're trying to oh thank god we finally made it to the second round but like we have Luka Doncic like we're trying to be a I don't know championship contender right we have like one of the best players in the league for at least the first half of every game and like we need someone else to support that, yep. and Din Dinwiddie's not it. Uh, Brunson is also. I I just I just think not I'm it. Not sure. It's so far. It's like I think it boils down, and Brunson will probably say this himself. He just needs to play better. And I was I like I appreciate a lot of the Mavericks post game comments, but sure. This is like this is just a real like the Clippers were a different kind of problem because the Clippers had two unbelievable players that could blow Luca up. And then our role players simply were not up to the challenge. If our role players had played like they are this year, last year, the Mavericks might have, might have won that series. But everybody turned into a pumpkin after after game three. So it's very, you know, it is what it is. Like, yeah, the NBA I mean, playoffs like, is a lot about a lot of luck in some instances. I don't know. I mean, I think also, like, saying, hey, like, guess what? I need to play better. Sure. Like, that. yeah, I need to make more money in my job. But, like, do I? Like, no, I don't. Turns out, like I get paid the same. I just, I just don't know. Like before we sign a guy to like a long-term, 
I mean, you're talking what, like a four or five year deal for a hundred and yeah, hundred and twenty mil, right? Like, do we do we as a secondary ball hander ball handler for a six foot guy that is going to go against a defense that can apparently contain them if they're not from Utah. Like, <laughs> you know, it's no, just, I understand. it's a, it's a, I mean, I, and it goes, I, I don't back. think it's going to be, the, this is the point though. It's not going to be as straightforward as it feels like, no, no, no. I do tend to agree that they're going to they sign him. They should have, they should have signed him before. They should have extended yes. them before. And, the, yeah. and that's, that's not the current. We all, we all feel a lot better if he's getting paid $12 million or 14 Absolutely. or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I wouldn't care whatsoever. It's like, <laughs> oh, hey, you know what? Like, yeah, not, but like that, that takes out so much, like that takes out so yeah. many options. Just, yeah. I think that's the, the frustrating part to this series. Like you see Brunson struggle. Okay, sure. No big deal. He's only making 12 million for the next four years. Just right. like Dorian, like I, oh my, I can't believe they signed him in that deal. Thank fucking God before like he played that game, like the series against Utah. Yeah, like, he's played. He's been great this year. Yeah, been I great. mean, he's been fantastic. Like so, uh, I don't know. I hear you, man. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming up and hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Talk soon. Okay, we're gonna go to my guy Drew, um, and then my buddy Adam Mares after that. Hey, Drew, what's up? Hey. Well, uh, just a couple of things here. Uh, quite honestly, you're not going to win a championship with Jalen Brunson as your second best player. I mean, that's probably just, not. That's, yeah, that's just kind of reality. And and I tell you what, you know, nobody's beating these guys if uh, Booker and Paul shoot 90 percent in the second half. I mean, that was just, you know, you just ran into a, a buzzsaw there. Those a couple guys of real miss. good basketball players right there. And, right. And just couldn't miss. I mean, you know, that's that's just uh, uh, the bottom line. I mean, if it's closer, does Dallas have a shot? Yeah, probably. But, you know, like I said, that was just, uh, you know, I mean, you, you ran into a buzzsaw and, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of it, you know, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens when they come home. I, I'm not saying writing off the series or anything like that. You, you lost two games on the road, you know, and now you come home and you see what you're going to do and you got to hope that, uh, those guys don't shoot 90% again, you know, what I mean, which, you know, which is which is hard to duplicate. There's there's you know there's uh, no question about that. But you know, but we all know that the, that there's good some off season problems going to have to be addressed with this team. Sure. You know, and and Nico's you know fairness and everything like that. I mean, he, he got stuck with I mean got stuck with the, oh yeah, yeah yeah the Porzingis yeah. contract and you know he got a couple of you know contracts you know you know he's there's going to be some digging out of this going to thing. But I wasn't really for them you know given. Hardaway that 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 contract either mm-hmm. on, a, on a guy that really all he was is a spot up shooter and that's all he is and you know if you got him handling the ball or anything like that it's not it's it's not going to work and you know but that is what it is and you know so we got to have to do with that and you know hey you you just sometimes you got to tip your hat the Suns play great and you know and uh, and they, they they got away from us you know right right and there's some. Like I, I tend to come into these like furious and these have just been two games where it's been like, okay, they're really good at basketball and, <laughs> and let's talk yeah. next week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for real, it is, I mean, it, 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 it is what it is. And, yeah. you know, like I said, and, you know, and they're exposing, Hey, some of the, uh, uh, the missing parts of this roster. There's no, for sure. No, there's no question about that. So I'll, well, thanks. Drew. I'll let you, 
Yeah, and thanks for letting me talk. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens when we come home. Oh, yeah, we'll see you Friday night, I hope. All right, cool. All right, bye. Oh, where's Adam? He was in here. Hey, Adam. What's going on, dude? Long time, even though I talk to you on text every day. Yo, am I – can you hear me now? I never yeah, use you sound good. All right, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Eh, you know, it's yeah, I know. Uh, 1230, and I'm not going to go to bed for another, like, two hours, so – the worst, the worst feeling. That's why I popped in. I was like, man, because I got to say, this reminds me of a couple games. In, I'm, if people don't know, I'm obviously a Nuggets guy. I'm not a Mavs guy. So I don't want to, like, insult the group here. But it reminds me That's of two fine. games in the Nuggets. One is game two this year against Golden State, where Golden State just smacked smack the shit out of Denver. <laughs> and, then, and then another one was game three against Utah in the bubble. And it actually reminds me of that game even more for, for an important reason. Because that game, Gobert kind of dominated Jokic. And I like I, this. And, and, and I was like, I, I'm the biggest Jokic guy on earth. And I remember that that game, like when I went home, I was like, am I the wrong? Like existential crisis type thing. Oh, I'm telling you, Kirk, I almost quit basketball analysis. I was like, man, I think, I don't know, maybe Jokic's just not what I thought he was. And the thing was, he bounced back, obviously, in a huge way. They come back and win that series, and the rest is history. But the thing, the reason I wanted to, like, hop in here and just kind of say a thing is, one, a series often feels so much worse, like, game by game. Your team would get smacked, and you're like, holy cow, we're outclassed, this or that. And that's probably the case here because the Suns are really good, and Dallas is, like, up and coming. But sometimes this stuff just changes. And all of a sudden, like, a series, like, oh, we found something. We figured out why we're bad, and then – the team looks like a different team the rest of the series. And I kind of think that will happen in this one, like watching this. I think Dallas has some things they have to adjust, some things they have to learn. But more importantly, because I see like a lot of the meltdown and stuff, and, you know, every fan base does the same meltdown after a, an embarrassing loss. Sure. But this was the most Luca cannot hide. Like this is the most Luca has ever been put in a spotlight of yes. like, hey, you are not good enough. Yes. And it sucks. It sucks in real time. But well, he I'm, said it after the game, too. Like, he's like, I have to be better on defense. But, and, you know, let's just be kind here and say Luka and Jokic have somewhat similar um, – they are, they are both ah, – they both are closer to, to you and me body types than they are to a lot of, to, to a lot of NBA superstar yeah. body types. Like, they might be strong, but they carry some extra – and, like, it took Jokic getting into prime shape was a several-year ordeal, wasn't it? Oh, no question about it. And and really what and, and what I'm kind of getting at here with Luca is there is an alternate universe where this mm-hmm. game doesn't happen, but the Mavs lose the series in five or four or six or whatever, and Luca can sit back at the summer and be like, yo, I averaged 30, 10, and 10 in the playoffs, and look what I did, and this team didn't win. I think this game was so important as much as it hurts because this is one of those games where Luca has to. If he's made of yep. anything, if he has championship DNA – he has to be like, holy hell, that team thought I was the weak link yep. in this. And it sucks, but it can, in the long run, be the best thing for him. Because we, I, I, Jokic started just coming into camp in shape. Like Luka I like this take yet. a lot. I like this take a lot. because and, and I understand. So some of the guys in their chat, they're like, well, it's everybody else. It's everybody else. It's not just Luka. I don't disagree. But right, there are right, things that are with – like there are things that are within Luka's control – yeah. And things that aren't. And being in James, like, I, no one's going to like this comparison, but James Harden was a tank 
in later Houston years before he like really fell off. One of the things that nobody gives credit to Jokic about is that he does not miss games and plays a ton of minutes. And so whether or not, if you disagree with me about whether Luca wants to have a 35, 40% usage rate, whatever, if he wants to have ball time, fine. You don't agree with me on that. That's okay. We can agree to disagree. But one thing everyone does have to understand is that Luca to get anywhere in this league is going to have to improve his body in real ways. And he can do it. He's young. Yeah. How old is Jokic? 28? 27. 27. And so I remember there was the start of the year, maybe three years ago, where Jokic started the year looking heavy, out of shape, and like yep. we were talking, we were like, man, does this guy want to play basketball? Right. Luke has never been in one of those kind of funks. Like, right. he's just right. like, so it's like, I, I have a lot of confidence that this can be righted. It's just of the things that are within Luca's control, this is this is the thing that I see that's the clearest path. It's a matter of does he figure it out? And with a real off season with no COVID and other crazy shit happening in the world, I think he could do it. The diet and the body stuff is only part of it, though, Kurt, because I, I honestly think, like, Luca is so talented. Like, it's just undeniable how talented he is. But these talented guys, these, like, top five talents of each, every, like, five-year generation or, or whatever it is, they always break one of two ways. And one of them is the James Harden way of just, like, never taking – accountability and never growing right. and never like looking in the mirror. And then the other one is the like, Hey, I'm not good enough. And I just think this is the series. And this was a game that was sort of necessary for Luca. Cause they lost last year, but it was like, look at his numbers against, you know, you go up against the Clippers or whoever it is they go up against. It's like, look at his numbers. It's not him. They got to get a team around him. This is one where it's just like, he can break one of two ways now where it's like, yo, you also have to be better. Yes. The, the Mavs have to do better at building. This is not yeah. a championship team. They have to do that, but you also have to be better. And, I just watching tonight's game. I was like, "Oh, this is the moment. This is that one everybody has to go through, and we'll see how Luca responds to it." So, I appreciate that's all that, I got man. For you. That's all I got for you. I just wanted to pop in. I'll let you get back to your people, but that was my perspective tonight. All right, appreciate it, buddy. Talk soon. Later, buddy. Mm-hmm. All right, I like those comments from Adam. All right, um, Armand, you've been waiting a bit. What's up, friend? It is. Working? You sound good. Oh, finally. But yeah, um, Adam had a great take. Um, I love that take. But yeah, um, definitely, th- if if there's any off season for Luca to get in shape, it would be this off season, and so hopefully that will be the case. Um, I don't want to make any judgments yet about Jalen Brunson, but he sure. he he has to like like game three. There's going to be a lot on the line for him, especially with this contract and future with the Mavs. Like he has to has to show up. Um, I'm also looking at this. We've been getting out-rebounded like crazy. Um, They shot 65% from the floor tonight. I mean, and it's, you know, there's only so much you can do because they're the Phoenix Suns. You know, this team is built to win the championship. I believe that if we lose this series, they will win the championship. And so we got to figure something out. Um, Jason Kidd has been very good with making adjustments, but we have yet- make any of this game. Yeah, we they didn't have any adjustments from game one to game two. Or am I wrong? Did you see anything? No, we played the exact same. I don't know why Dwight Powell is still getting minutes. Um, I I don't get why he's our starting center. I don't get why we didn't get another big in the offseason. I mean, I guess it makes sense because, you know, we did have KP on the team. But if we were going to trade him, we should have gotten a big in return. And I believe that's going to be our biggest thing in the offseason, whether we get him a big sure. in the draft or we get in the offseason. We have to, have to, have to get a big. But obviously yeah. – that off season is what like three months away, so we can't really worry about that right now. But I specifically remember my wife was driving me to the airport for something, 
And I was like, like we're in traffic and I was like being an asshole on Twitter and being like, how do we have six centers? And I hate all of them. Mm, like, exactly. it, and then they added another one in Chris. So they've had seven big men and they can only play two. And really they can only play one. Cause this is just not pal series. No, exactly. I, I was saying this to my friends too earlier that like, you can literally bring a guy like Robin Lopez and all of a sudden he makes our team better. Like Robin Lopez only because he's a true center. Like we need a true center on this team. Yeah. And, well, yeah, I mean, that, uh, big men are, it, it, I don't know because they like the, the stretch element of what they need. Cause that, that's what was so key about getting Porzingis the hell out of here. Cause he would just clog up. He wanted post. And so it's like, if they're, um, if they're going to have a center, that, that center needs to have the ability to like do a little bit of shooting. No, exactly. But I understand what you mean. Like, like Valanciunas over there and, um, and like what, what the Pelicans do, like he'd be, I, he'd probably get played off the floor in the playoffs, but like regular season stuff. Ooh, man, man. He's, you know, shoots a lot of threes, huge guy. I don't know. I'm, I'm thirsty for lots of different stuff like, at the moment. The, like obviously De- DeAndre Aiden is going to outplay Dwight Powell. You have JaVale McGee outplaying Dwight Powell. And then you have their third, they have their, you have your second, their second. I mean, Bismack is, yeah. Diablo, Bismack would get minutes Diablo on our team. outplaying and I love Maxi, but he just he's not built to no. five. So I, I I don't know what you do there. Like like how are we gonna like I don't like there's only so much we can do. So man, I'm I hope we can win game three. I just I, at this point I'm just asking for one win from the Mavs, and you know just go from there. But yeah, hopefully they prove me wrong game three. Yeah yeah. Well thanks Armand. Appreciate you waiting. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. And we, uh, Armand didn't, this thing didn't work the other night, so it's good we got him up here. Um, hey, Chris, what's going on, dude? Hey, Kirk, how's it going? It's going. What do you got? Yeah, so let's not get too down. No, okay, doom! This... Like my man Bobby was just like, screw this, I'm leaving. That was great, <laughs> great in the chat. I don't blame him. I'm, I'd be I'm mad saying. too. I mean, the Phoenix, they, they're the number one seed. They had 64 wins. They accomplished their goal of getting home court advantage throughout pretty much the entire uh, playoffs, and they took care of home court. There, this gave me some flashbacks of 2008. I swear those last seven minutes, or, you know, starting from seven minutes at the end of the game and Chris Paul is going off. Did, did that remind you of 2008 New Orleans Hornets versus the Mavs first round? Oh, man, that was, that was something. Was so that Chris the series Paul, where David West put his hands on Dirk's face? Yeah, I think so. I, and basically, I yeah, that was not good. That hurt. Oh. All I remember is Chris Paul, those mid-range shots, what exactly he was doing tonight, or pretty much he's just been doing his whole career. It got me so mad back then. I just, like, I put it first time I ever put a championship curse on somebody. And so far, it's lasted, and I've only done that to two other players, Russell Westbrook <laughs> and James Harden. I'm kind of petty like that. I'm petty I understand. Like that. And, hey, I understand. My, my uh, curses are, are ironclad, and I only have it on three players right now. So, well, hopefully that, keep, that keeps up, but – you know, it's okay. Let's just go back to Dallas. The, the, the post, the lack of rim protection, the rebounds, Jesus Christ. I just wish we had someone like go, I mean, whatever, just go bear. I mean, Aiden obviously playing with the Suns, but someone like that, because they're just all these second chance points. These Suns are getting, are killing us. Yeah. The, I mean, sun, the sun shot 71% from two point range. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they had like, was it 64.5% from field goal range 
period in, the, in this uh, this game, and it was like 50% on game one. I mean, it, it just like they're not missing shots, and it's just no, it was bad. It's real bad. Good lord, I just don't know what to say. But you know what? I'm not even going to be all like, oh, Mark Cuban or Nico, blah blah. blah. Dude, guys, like y'all chill out. Like I said on the comment section, like we got rid of KP. That was the first step. Let them do their work in the summer. Give them some time. But this oh, yeah. you're starting Dwight Powell against the Suns. I mean, it's just what do you expect? I mean, Luca's yeah. doing all he can. It's not like he's shitting the bed. He's 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 like well, averaging uh, probably technically right now more than Michael Jordan. Probably he had a real average. bad. He had a real bad second half. I, yeah. It just has to be said out loud. Like not just the defense. The offensive stuff was bad too. Like, yeah, he, he was, was committing a lot of turnovers. But I mean, yeah. they're they're making the other Mavs beat it beat them and that's it's working so like i mean you're definitely gonna have to i mean i'm looking forward past the series you're you're gonna have to keep jalen brunson it don't matter you're gonna yeah. have to keep them and if at some point you can maybe trade them whatever if some if it, things don't work out but you're definitely gonna keep jalen brunson but unless oh, i had a quick question i know it's looking past the series let's say do you, I know he's a restricted free agent, though. This is free agency talk, yes. But DeAndre Ayton, because he is someone we need. No, we can't get – like, it's physically impossible to get him. Like, it's just not a thing. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't know it's that they were going to do this. Like, like, he's restricted, and they'll keep him. Like, this is the thing. It's okay, because, oh, okay. yeah. like, Phoenix usually doesn't, you know – I didn't think that they would or – if Mavs do what they've done in the past, we're like, oh, they'll just let Jalen Brunson walk, you know? Sure. And then try to go after Aiden. But I guess they won't do that. They don't need to do that. Okay, yeah. Just keep yeah. Jalen Brunson. Just get a solid post player. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to the game on Friday. I'm, awesome. I'm looking forward to it still. I, I want to – we're in the second round, guys. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, it would suck last week if we would just lost those games and then just went out in the first round and then really this whole thing would be festering again. But we've accomplished the first goal. Let's build on this. Hopefully in the summertime they can get a solid post player and probably, you know, do some other things. I don't know about Tim Hardaway Jr., but, um, yeah, it's frustrating. Just the Suns are just not missing shots, so they're just well, going to have to figure well, something out. Well, this is the thing. Like, yeah, all right, well, I appreciate you hanging out, Chris. I hope we talk Friday. All right, I appreciate it. All right, all right. Um, just before we get out there, everybody saw this for all about that, right? The Suns went after Luka 50 times as a screen defender and scored a casual 1.72 points per chance. Like, they, they scored – I was doing, I was trying to do the math on this, but it's, but it, they scored a lot of points on Luca is the thing. Okay. Uh, let's go to Jose. Cause I bet Jose wants to go to bed. What's up, man? Oh man. I'm glad you brought up that stat about Luca getting cooked on defense because when I pointed out on my Twitter feed, I get told that, Oh, it's not all on Luca. Like I'm not aware that Luca and his teammates aren't at fault for this loss like Luca has to have some type of effort on defense in order for us to stay in games I'm not saying Luca needs to be an anchor on defense and he needs to be you know the offensive juggernaut when when he plays but calling Luca out on the little things that he doesn't do well throughout the entirety of a game is not putting the blame on Luca for the loss. Like I got really frustrated. There were three possessions in the fourth quarter where Chris Paul got by him. Like he wasn't there. It's one thing to get beat. 
it's another thing to 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 do what Donovan Mitchell was doing, which was basically running an escort service to the rim. And Luca did that a couple of times tonight. And it's because he was tired. It's because he bears the off. Like all these things are interconnected, all of them. And it's going to happen until Luca. It's the same thing's going to happen. Trey Young, same thing happened. James Harden. Remember when when the the, the Blazers beat the Rockets? Um, like like this sort of stuff happen. Like you're just going to get picked apart until you prove that you can handle it. Exactly. And, you know, the transcended stars, the MVPs, they have some defense into their game. And he's had better defense this year. This was like, like, I'm not saying he's played bad all year. He's actually played some stellar defense this year. It's just he got like, this was, this was really, and the Suns are almost like built to do this because the short, like the mid-range jumper shit, like when Luke has a hand up and Chris Ball sinks a a shot over him, you just go, okay, that's better offense. But when somebody gets all the way to the rim, that's when you're like, mm, okay. and, and he's just putting his hands up in those situations. Like he's not like fully contesting. It's kind of like the lazy, just you know, I'm putting my hands up to show that I'm playing defense. Yeah, and it's just like that. That's not. And he admitted to it post game. Right. That's what I like. I like that where it's just you, even if like one of the things the the Josh Josh and I talk about this. One of my favorite things Luke does is he takes responsibility for shit that sometimes isn't even his fault. Like. That's a leadership quality, and I like that. So it's bigger picture. I think we all understand that, like, okay, Luca has been better. He played really bad on defense tonight, and the Mavs are expecting too much of him. Like, all these things tie together. <laughs> and and also the turnovers. He has 10 so far in two games. So he, he needs to cut down on turnovers. Grind ball ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, granted, you know, some of them are just like players not being in position. But, you know, all that matters. It's, it's the little things that Luca could improve. And like you said, uh, he's somebody who is willing to admit post game that, yes, he needs to improve on that. So if Luca is willing to admit it and if I bring it up on my personal timeline, why should I get bagged on it for saying exactly the same things Luca is going to come back and say, yeah, yeah that is valid. Right. Uh, but besides that, you know, the Jalen Brunson talk about him getting paid or whatnot, I've made it up in my mind, Kirk, that he needs to get paid because uh, last year, he was averaging 12 points per game. This year, 16. And there was stretches where he held the Mavericks afloat. You know, they were competent. They didn't look like a lottery team. And going into the Utah series, we were 2-1 and one with, without Luka. So yep. it's at, at some point, you have to give Brunson the credit that he is due. Me saying him getting paid is not me saying him, oh, we need to be financially tied to him for the longevity of the the future. Sure. You could always trade somebody's contract. Somebody told me earlier that giving Brunson his money would enable us for, uh, I mean, would disable us from being able to trade him because nobody wants that contract. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. Yeah. But Westbrook yeah. gets moved. <laughs> right. You, you know, uh, Westbrook at this point of, of his career is not really an asset that you want to trade for, you know, and, and that contract as well. If you have Brunson on a, you know, $20, $25 million contract, he's still a valuable asset and he's only 25 years old. So I, I don't get the notion if if we 
pay Brunson, we're, we're stuck and we can't do anything else. The Porzingis move was another move that helped build flexibility, quote unquote, because that's what Nico loves to use. But, you know, Dinwiddie's not, not even the third option either now. Yeah. <laughs> and he hasn't been in, in the playoffs. And I really thought game six of the Utah series, he would actually start turning that around. But, you know, yeah, he had some some nice makes today, but it wasn't enough. And when people say Luca needs help, uh, we're not automatically saying, hey, we need a superstar. We need X, Y, and Z. We could well, just use slightly better players. Yeah. Mid-tier players. And it's, just, it's 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 building a team with a purpose, and what I'm gonna it's gonna take me a while to get through this, and I think it'll take all of us a while to get through this because, and I I, I want you guys to understand something. Everybody that's in here and is willing to have these conversations. Really appreciate it, but I think that for the longest time we were all sold bill of goods by the Mavericks that never really panned out in the way they told us. They told us everything. Ah, oh, we're the smartest front office. Blah blah blah. blah. And since most of that front office is now left, you know, the cap guy is retiring at the end of the year. I'm not sure what, you know, and then there was everything with Donnie Nelson. We don't need to rehash it, but it's just team building is not a thing that's done in a year. And the Mavericks have everything they've tried since 2018, since drafting Luca and Jalen, everything they've tried has, has either been kind of, like panned out as boring or, or it didn't really like improve the team or it made them worse while Luca got better. So it's like at some point things just have to start hitting. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, this is, this is one of these late nights where I'm just tired. Right. Uh, uh, I'm tired, uh, but you know, we have game three and we have game four in Dallas, you, you know, as much as, tonight hurt because tonight was just like we were there and just completely got wiped off the the court we got out class uh Devin Booker and Chris Paul are mid-range shooter uh purists you know them guys when you get them in the mid-range it doesn't look like they're about to miss and you know Chris Paul is just putting Brunson uh Luca, Dorian, whoever is guarding him, he's just putting them in a blender with his uh post post game moves. Yeah. Like it, it's just it's phenomenal to watch. And this is why they're the number one seed. This is why they have a good chance of winning a damn championship. Yeah, uh you know, fifty fifty two and O now or fifty three and O now going into the fourth quarter with a third quarter uh leading throughout three quarters. That's impressive. Like, we have to really look at this Suns team and just realize that they're talented, they're better, they're physical, and this series was going to be an uphill battle from the beginning. And, you know, w- one last thing, Kirk, I'm sorry if, if I'm sorry taking too much time. About it. Uh, but s- some people were saying, oh, the Pelicans took this team to six. We could easily do that. But also, I had this notion and I had this thought that, this Suns team was going to try to replicate the 2014 Spurs when, you know, the Mavs took them to seven. And after that, it was pretty much a clean sweep for everybody else in front of them. And, and just by the talent that the Suns team has right now, I think that that's going to end up leading them to a championship. 
But uh, well, thank I you, man. appreciate you, Kirk. Have a great oh, yeah. night and you get too. you some rest. Well, we'll get to it eventually. I did <laughs> want to address, so my man Charles, who is a regular listener, appreciate you, Charles. Um, he didn't, he was confused by my comment about Cuban. And part of why Mark Cuban has to come on my podcast is because I regularly criticize him. And I think he got, got kind of tired of the criticism. We talked about it a little bit. I don't think Mark Cuban as a front man is helpful to the Mavericks. Um, and he and I discussed this. He disagrees with me as his team. I can't really do much about it. But I posted an article in the chat that basically walked through the last 12 years of him and his forward-facing stuff that adds up into why I don't think him being the face is all that helpful. You know, it's not like players love Mark Cuban. Uh, (laughs) He has said some crazy stuff over the years that you guys have probably forgotten at times. Um, And it's just, I, 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 he's, you know, and then with this stuff with Donnie Nelson and the way that all this stuff that has happened over the past several years, like I, I really question a lot, you know, for all Bob and the things that he says, whether it's true or false, there's everybody has their story. There's enough nonsense that's gone on between the sexual harassment and the, the keeping the, the team employee who had assault charges. Like I really question elements of what this team has done over the years and they've, luck they that dirt for 20 years and now they have luca and like those things paper over a lot of problems because those are the hard things but anyways as we build with this team that's just why i made that comment about cuban it was just it's a thing it's kind of my deal i've tried to shy off it a little bit because i think people are tired of hearing about it from me but that's why i wrote that piece um okay tyler what's up dude oh man that sucks didn't it it did well, I remember telling you last time we were in this space that uh, the Mavericks don't have the spine and the guts to take Dwight Powell to the starting lineup. <laughs> and it turns out they did not, as I suspected. Yep. It, it's just disheartening to see that. It, I don't know. I don't know what kind of dirt he has on a new coaching staff, and also the front office, to where that he has to have some sort of dirt. It's just unbearable. They're putting yeah. him in a bad place to succeed. It's putting us not in the best position to succeed. It does nobody any good. But, but okay, I think we and, – and Josh and I did this in the podcast where it's like we're a little bit frustrated right now, but I still think we have to give credence to the fact that they, they finished as a top-four seed. They're in the playoffs. They're in the second round. It's really that, to me, this roster as it's built right now has absolutely maximized, and they can't do anything else. They might steal a game or two still. I still think that's possible. But it's 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 just the Suns are such a contrast, and it makes everything else feel worse. Well, if it makes you feel any better, if we would have beat the Kings, the Thunder, or the uh, the Wizards while they were tanking, we'd be playing the the Grizzlies right now. <laughs> I know, right? They're, yeah, but it's like, do you remember how last season the Mavericks like lucked into the fifth seed just by a series of tiebreakers, and then of course the Clippers were like, oh, we want to play those guys. So it's like you, you never can, you can't, you don't have a lot of control over this stuff. It stinks. No, no, it's just, you know, it's the, the what could have been. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but I just, I'm a little bit more pessimistic than most. I, I, I'm in a group chat with a bunch of my friends, and they sent me a, a chat at the beginning of the fourth. They were like, so how are you feeling? I was like, uh, terrible. Yeah. And then, if, like, you could just see that Luca was a turnstile, and there was just nothing that was left in the tank. So I oh, didn't have any, like Chris Paul was just 
it's just at some point you throw your hands up. We've seen Luca do that to teams. Like Luca did that to I want to say the Chris Paul Rockets when him and James Hart like I think it might have been the Holly Luca game actually where he was terrible all game and then just went nuts for like a minute and a half and buried the Rockets. Yeah, that eleven in a row stretch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just hard because I've heard it on a variety of like either Twitter or. Even like the follow-up Demaris podcast, it's like, well, you get a hand up and you just hope that they miss some more. Well, yeah. hope is not necessarily a strategy that's going to get a series done, especially being down 2-0. So, yeah. I mean, we'll just see what they can do, but I'd be happy if they uh, make it a gentleman at this point. I get it. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. See you Friday. Yep. All right. Uh, let's go with the Sean. Hey, Sean. Hello. How you doing? Hey man, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, just kind of reeling from this game. You know, uh, one thing that I'm like, there's going to be a lot of revisionist history about this series. Like a while from now, depending on how Luca keeps scoring, he's averaging 40 through the first two games. But I think we all can agree it doesn't feel like like I know the numbers are there, but the impact on the game. The way we've lost these last two games, it feels like like it's just going to be that endless conversation with Luca about these numbers, what he provides for the other players on the team, and what he can do to stop the team from going, uh, stop o- opposing teams from just blowing us out in second half situations. This is mm. not the first time it's happened. It's not the first time it's happened with the Suns. Because no. we, we have lost to the Suns in the regular season. I think twice we lost when we had a fourth quarter lead and we blew it. And uh, to that point about how the Suns play fourth quarters, never having lost a fourth quarter lead this season, I think that's second all-time behind the 2020 Lakers, who I think did it for like uh, some, uh, I forget how many games. I think It's a, five a crazy games. stat. It's a crazy <laughs> stat. So we and and when you do something over a fifty game sample size, as a team, I feel like they also need to register that this is a danger of the team. They do not get lazy. They do not lose focus. And after after a point, they started making adjustments to playing Luca. It's Luca's numbers look as good as they do for this game as well, including efficiency, is because he he just couldn't shoot. They stopped uh, uh, baiting him with switches. Mikael Bridges actually did a fantastic job over him over the second half of the game. Second half for sure, yeah. Yeah, and and I'm seeing uh, stats on Twitter where people in the first half where people are trying to prove that Luca is the best Mikael Bridges player. No, well, his the numbers against Mikael over the course of their careers where they match up actually look just fine. But it's like, do you remember the? It was an open court turnover. Where Mikhail wasn't even on him. Mikhail was on on um, uh, Bullock, but Luca tried to thread a pass between whoever was in front of him and Bridges, and Mikhail just like took the ball out he of the air. Yeah, he, <laughs> Mikhail, <laughs> I was like, Mikhail oh my god! Is, I, I saw this for a while because I think there was also another play where CP had stolen one of those. Like it's a trademark Luca pass. That's why he's turning the ball over so much. Phoenix are cutting out those passing lanes like no yeah. other team we've seen. Try do that before. Well, like, he threw the ball out of bounds three times. Where it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like they're it, on shots where it's on 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 probes where it's like it, at least two of them. I remember saying, why is he passing up these shots and like throwing the ball out of bounds? I, 
but Kirk, I also do think it's um, like it's a point you guys already discussed about his conditioning, his stamina. I think throughout the season, especially in the regular season, we our team really did like it was like Luca go as hard as you can in the first two quarters, and then we see from the rest. And we were lucky enough to have so many great fourth quarter Spencer Dinwiddie games during the regular season to bail us out against Brooklyn, to bail us out against yeah. Boston. Sure. And those are, yeah. those are big. And now that Dinwiddie can't do that, Luca is still gassed when entering the second half. Phoenix is like cool. We make him work on defense. They're like looking for whoever's on on Luca. Luca's a walking yeah. turnstile. It's. I think this is the best way I've seen like a team. Like I, the Clippers weren't really stopping Luca like this. Nope. They were very determined on making sure everyone else was stopped as well. The Suns are somehow do, did both in that second half. Did we did we lose the second half by over 20 points? Because we came into the uh, second half with a two-point lead and we lost by 20. So, 22 point swing in the second half. Yeah, that's and right. And it was actually more. The like the the scrubs just started scoring some points. Like it was it was terrible. It, God, what a game. And I want to hop off because I know it's so many math fans here to talk. I just want to say one last thing. Despite these tough moments. Never think about your ex. Do not. I know we don't have bigs, but no, Kristaps Porzingis would not have made this situation any better. We still would have lost. I see this every time we get out rebounded, which is quite a lot. But let's not forget last playoffs. Facundo Campazzo for the Nuggets was out rebounding Porzingis. So yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to be like, yeah, Porzingis would have been the difference. Like that's. That's just not my. No, point it's not. Like the the Mavericks have seeded. This is a valuable thing to bring up. The Mavericks have seeded rebounding so long as they win in other areas, meaning three point percentage, turnovers, things like that. And the problem is they're not winning those areas either. So they're just getting beat everywhere. How like that? That that's the issue with Phoenix. How they match up? It's just. I don't know where we beat them. Like, realistically, what's that yeah. one spot where we can hammer home and take an advantage over Phoenix? That's just the issue. Right. If they were to beat the Mavericks and, you know, head on to the Western Conference Finals and then beat, like, the Warriors, because I think the Warriors win that series, and if they, like, beat the crap out of the Warriors, I think we'll all start to feel better. Because this team has a set. Like, the Suns give me, like, the sense of inevitability that, like, is not a good comparison, but... I just remember in my youth seeing the 2000, 2001 Lakers. And it was like, Oh no, like it's nowhere near like that, but it's just like the sense of just how good they are when they're rolling. And it's just, they were shooting 61% on long twos heading into this game. So that number only went up. It's they're crazy. Oh, well, I mean, I'll just hope that we can do what the Clippers did against us last year, even though there's like a 0.1% probability of us breaking this to a two zero deficit. But at the end of the day, it's a good season for us. I hope we're all fat. Though it's not over until the fat lady sings. I hope we can fight back. But yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's just a bad matchup. Well, thanks, man. We'll talk soon, okay? Yes, thank you for having me. Yep, of course. Deshaun is all the way across the planet, so we love having him on. Did Brian leave? I know Brian was like begging to come up on stage, but I bring you all up here based on the fact that uh, I want you all up on stage. And when you come into the room, I try to pay attention. Hey, CJ, what's going on? Hit that unmute button for me. Give CJ a second here. See if it, uh, sometimes I know the thing doesn't pull up. 
Um, yeah, CJ, try to try to come back up, and we'll uh, we'll let you talk here in a second. Um, hey, Brett, what's up? Oh, hey, Kurt. Howdy. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I still think that the Mavs, once they you know sign Brunson to a you know five one twenty extension or five one thirty extension or whatever that ends up being, um, you know, they're about halfway through like the you know the twenty seventeen. Blazers and the 2018 Rockets. That's like the team that they've made. Um, I mean, it is difficult to see a way out of that. Um, so I will be very impressed by Nico Harrison if he is able to, um, to you know, solve that conundrum in a way that other in in a way that other um, other teams don't. Yeah, yeah, because they're in. It's I mean, like it, a uh, go ahead. I mean, I mean, because they're in the bird rights trap with Brunson. Mm-hmm. Like, I completely agree with people that Brunson's probably not worth like twenty five million or whatever. I like, I, I completely agree. He's probably worth like, on, in general, probably closer to like you know sixteen, seventeen million. But there is no upside to letting him walk. Like, they are already over the cap. Yes. That's what people have to understand about that specific thing. Like, I, I definitely believe I'm in the firmly in the Brunson struggles with length camp, but. They do not get any better by letting him walk. Um, like the, at that point, like that's just up to Cuban and his wallet. Um, so, so like, well, it's, it's what's going to be funny, and this is just objectively true. I know you followed the Mavs in no small part because of Luca, but I'll tell you, the Mark Cuban keeping this team together and having to go over the cap when he wouldn't do it with the championship team is objectively fucking hilarious to me. I'm sorry, because it's like we could see the bird rights trap coming as quickly as the 2020 offseason. So two years ago, 2019 was a little bit different. The Mavs swore they had a plan. They were really what they were doing was caping for Giannis and it just didn't work. And now they're stuck because we were all collectively we were convinced as a group that they were going to trade Finney Smith, Maxi Brunson, a collective group of guys on reasonable contracts for something. And they never did because nothing materialized. And now with two of those three guys who are both very good, this is not a criticism of either one of them, but it's just when you have like, like they're having to pay those guys. And then you look at the rest of the Mavericks books, Luke is going to be making something like $43 million next year. (laughs) And then Tim Hardaway is making 17 and Spencer Dinwiddie's and yeah, it's like they like the the I want to say their cap guy is retiring, and you know they kept talking about like what a good job he's done, and like I don't mean to kick a guy on his way out, but I've seen no evidence of that. Like the Mavericks have not been a smart cap team; they just didn't spend. That's different. So it's like now they're kind of put in this position of having to spend, and they're going to have to wriggle their way out of it because again, we owe a pick to the New York Knicks next year. Um, and it's it's like the, it cannot be missed, like properly stated to where I don't want to say the Mavs have done a bad job, but I will say that a lot of what they've tried hasn't worked. And so we're just in this pickle where we have a generational player and not real clear paths to team improvement. Yeah, I mean, there's not there's not like an easy way out. There's not, you know, any kind of pick or, you know, like you know, money you have in free agency with which to add. And I was saying earlier um, in the chat that, that, you know, the Mavs do need genuinely a second, like, you know, top 15 or 20 player in the NBA. That is how you win a championship. 
Like that is how every like NBA championship is won. Like you don't you don't necessarily need you know like a big three kind of situation, but having one great player and a bunch of players who are you know decent to good is is a that's a great way to make you know to to get home court advantage every year for you know a decade and then not win a championship. Mm-hmm. Like and and that and you know that's not a the worst thing in the world, but. If if you're like the, the question is is your goal to win a championship, and with like when you have a player who's like a top five player in the league, that kind of has to be what your goal is, um and and so that's the issue with as you're talking about you know when they decided you know they wanted to you know keep that space open for Giannis, and then there wasn't a plan B, and then right. basically from that point on they just kind of made some like tiny marginal moves until the point at which the previous you know regime got. Well, thrown out. See, and this is where you weren't. I hope you weren't around for Plan Powder in 2011, where I lost my fucking mind. Granted, I was in my late 20s and didn't do any of this writing stuff yet. But like, what they did with Giannis is the exact same thing. Exact same thing they sold the Mavericks fans after they broke up the championship team. We're gonna go get Chris Paul and Dwight Powell. That's what's gonna be next. They both want to sign here and play with Dirk. Guess what didn't happen. Okay, so the fact that they ran into that and then they did it again in 2016 where they told everybody they were going to sign. This is amazing in hindsight. Uh, Mike Conley. Oh, no, it was Mike Conley and Hassan Whiteside. Okay, and that was I think that was the year after DeAndre Jordan. Um, There's been so many hilarious whiffs that granted they all kind of worked out because I think those teams might have somehow been worse. But then when they get Luca, you, you luck into Luca. And, you know, Rallabob has kind of been hinting at this where and, – and I don't know how much to believe Rallabob, but it's, it's funny. And we're here late, so I'm sorry, guys. We're just going to talk. But it's like Rallabob has been hinting that the Mavericks didn't seem to understand how good Luka was, uh, like, well into the second yeah, when, half of his when, rookie season. When he, when he tweeted that thing today about how he was saying, like, midway through the season, they were having him do, like, a deep dive into, like, was, was, was uh, Luka, DSJ, yeah, was like, better a better player? initiator than Luka? And I was like – like if you're ha- if they were having that conversation any point prior to like the draft, like yeah. that's that's just like a real indictment of and, and a lot you know, of people like, in the so front how office. How much of this stuff do we like? He's dropped enough of this stuff to where I have to believe some of it is what I'm gonna say. And so it just it gets you to this point to where they headed into 2019 and they did not understand what they had. And to be fair. 2019, the, that that was rookie Luca's second year. The leap he made from rookie to second year was unbelievable and nearly unprecedented. So it's like it's too hard to kind of hold that over their heads. But they wasted artificial cap space that year, and then they didn't sign anybody, and then they didn't do like they just haven't really done a ton. And it's 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 gonna look terrible because when you don't do well at free agency and you're bad at the draft and you have sent picks off in trades that did not work out the way you want, there's just not a lot of avenues for team improvement. So, like, I really feel for Nico, and I really yeah. feel for Michael Finley. They have a real uphill battle here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in terms of teams that have done poorly prior to, you know, you know, their, the, the, you know, your, your superstar second contract, like, the best case scenario is, like, you're, like, the Bucks last year. Um, but... That took, you know, a a number of things going right for them. Um, one of them being, you know, a, a pretty a pretty weak playoff field in general. I would say last year, but 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 in general, like it's difficult to get that to get that opportunity back. 
Um, I mean, I, I think they can definitely, you know, make a trade, you know, for someone like in, in eventually for someone like Gobert or some similar level player. Um, but then the question is, is, are you better than the Suns over the next couple of years? Are you better than the Bucks? Are you better than, you know, whatever the, the, yep. Heat, the Sixers, et cetera. It's tough, man. It's a tough deal. Wow. Listen to this stat. Coop, uh, this is from Chuck Cooperstein. Chris Paul in five games versus the Mavs in the fourth quarter this year. 45 total points on 18 of 32 shooting. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, really good. For, for, I mean, I've always been a like, I'm a, a hater of Chris Paul in the sense of like, I respect him as like a great player. But like this year, I've just been. I've just been like astonished. Like, like, like I was just terrified of playing the Suns just for that reason that I got, like, it was so far early in the season, but I just like in my mind remembered, like, this is just what it's like. It's just, he's just not yeah, going to miss. For sure, man. Well, you have a good night. Well, thank you for hanging out. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Josh, what's going on, buddy? We're going to get to everybody, by the way. So if you're here, hang out. What's going on? Hey, Kirk. Uh, well, um, I, I had, I had a, a few reactions to the things, uh, to some of the stuff I heard here. One is, uh, I don't think a big is the, is a solution. I think, I think we don't have a second or even third person on this squad that is sized correctly, but it's not a big, we, we could use somebody like a Chris Middleton, a, a Brandon Ingram kind of mold, a guy who will consistently put up, you know, uh, 20, um, and, and grab seven rebounds. Well, this this like was, that. this was me being mean about Bane all year because I love our, our guy Drew, who probably went to bed is, you know, I've been arguing about about Bain all year, and it's like, well, you know, we, we give these guys time. Josh Green, like, go, like most guys don't score to like like very seventy five percent of all NBA players score less than ten points a game. So it's like scoring over ten is hard. Scoring over twenty is extremely difficult, and that's where it's just like the Mavericks have just not gotten the guys that that could have. It's it's during team building they just haven't had it. Like Dorian, it, interestingly enough, has become a much better scorer the last several years, but they don't really the reliability options have kind of gone out the window where Brunson was really good at it, but it's just in these games, he's, he's, it's just, it's not, this is not the series for him. No. And he's also, you know, I mean, I love him and I love D, you know, I love DFS. Of course that's different because DFS isn't undersized. I love Brunson, but he's undersized. And so we don't have this kind of consistent guy who's kind of sized like a Middleton or sized like, uh, you know, uh, like a Brandon Ingram or somebody like that. Secondly, uh, you know, yeah, I would be pretty, I would feel pretty shitty on defense in the fourth quarter too. If, uh, if I was carrying the load that Luke is carrying, right. Because he doesn't have that second guy who's sized properly to do that. And who's dependent you know, dependable and consistent. So yeah, he got hunted and I think it's all well and good. I, I really like, you know, Maris's point, you know, it's like, yeah, this is a lesson and he's going to improve and he's young. So, so that's definitely going to happen. Thirdly, um, by the way, 
The Suns are scorched earth scoring in this fourth quarter here. The Mavs put up a good game. Fourthly, you could just as well see the Suns going up against the Warriors and the Warriors scorching them into the sun, right? That's a possibility too. But it's also a possibility that the Grizzlies, you know, kind of, kind of keep running really hard at the Warriors and then the Grizzlies go up against the Suns and that could be interesting, but the Mavericks, a lot of it's about number, you know, like chemistry, like styles make fights. The Mavericks playing the Grizzlies, uh, they match up really well with the Grizzlies. The, uh, you know, the Suns have just had the Mavs number for a long fucking time. Yeah. I mean, j- just like you were saying, I mean, I've been watching the Mavs forever and, and it's been a fucking long time since the Mavericks had decent splits against the Suns. I, I keep making this joke, but I honestly don't remember the last time the Mavericks beat the Suns, and I feel like it was when Dirk scored 50 points on Tim Thomas, like a, like in the playoffs, like Western Conference Finals. Like it's been a long, I feel like it's been forever. Right, because it feels like somehow there was some sort of like curse once Nash, you know, left. Right. Yeah. It felt like it felt like somehow we could never fucking win <laughs> against the Suns. Now, mind you, uh, this is game two on the road. And if you're old school, you remember that playoff series don't become a series until the road team wins. Right. So right now things have happened how they're supposed to happen. Uh, and who knows? Maybe. Uh, Brunson uh, grows his balls back. You know what I'm saying? Because they've really been punking the Mavs. And like I said before, watching the games, I want to punch somebody because I just think somebody needs to fucking grow a set. Well, they did that tonight. This somebody. game was nasty for quite a while. It was it was grindy. There's a bit, there's a big Tony Brothers showing. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I I mean I'm just I just I get upset. Watching these games because I just want to go and fucking I understand like, like throw up re- throw somebody all the way into the first row and be like cool eject somebody and let's fucking go right uh, but anyways uh, yo we're gonna go back to Dallas and maybe Brunson uh, grows grows his nuts back and starts and starts cooking and maybe not and maybe you know maybe we made it to the second round and get get punked and then build build from here and it's not really a terrible place to build from yeah, so that's yeah. all i got but thanks all Bert. right josh of course man Much talk soon cheers all right tim hey tim what's going on dude howdy can you hear me i can you sound good thanks okay great um okay well a uh, couple of things i guess um one i think um you know, I know that we're kind of like earlier being, you know, critical of Luca, and I, I'm on board with that. Like I was yelling at Luca to, you know, <laughs> play better in the third, especially on defense. But what I've kind of learned from this series so far is that if Luca has like a bad quarter, we're pretty much going to get our ass kicked, yeah. and that's a pretty lofty expectation. And um, you know, I. I the second thing I'll say is like, it seems to me that Luca, if you have a lineup of Luca, 
Jalen, Dinwiddie, and maybe Bertans or Powell in there. Like, even if Luca is engaged defensively, you're not going to stop Phoenix. Like, you can't expect that lineup really to, you know, be like a defensive, uh, uh, to, to play good defense against the Phoenix Suns. Um, so I just don't see, like, even if Luca had been more engaged, I still think that this is probably a 15, 20 point loss. Well, there's, there were a couple of opportunities. Like that, the Mavericks were up at the half, felt kind of wild with the things that they hadn't done well. You know, Luke obviously had 24 points. That's kind of the, the key thing there. But it was, man, there just been times in this series where it felt like the Suns were just going to blow the doors off. And they did, finally. Yeah, and that's that's another thing. is just like going from playing the Jazz to playing the Suns is like really jarring um, because the Jazz, their, their weaknesses are, it's apparently all, all their weaknesses are exceeding strengths of the Phoenix Suns. Right. Like, and I don't know if that's playing, like, I don't know if that's affecting the Mavs strategy at all or their mindset in the game, but just going from a, a team that can't play perimeter defense that, has a, an old point guard who's kind of on the small side, but is is clearly washed to going to Chris Paul, uh, to going to you know Rudy Gobert who can't turn around and put the ball in the basket, um, to going to DeAndre Ayton. I mean, it's 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 a pretty shocking uh, yeah. like shift. And the last thing I'll say is like if we have any shot in Game Three, we can't, like in, the, in these first two games, Reggie and Dorian both got in foul trouble real quick and yep. they cannot do that. Like we cannot, uh, we cannot, we can't even come close to winning these games. If Dorian Finney Smith and Reggie Bullock play 20, 25 minutes because of foul trouble. Right. Right. Yeah, so maybe there's hope there. Um, but on the other hand, you know, we basically fouled out their, their center rotation and, and, and still lost by 20. So, yeah. Well, we'll see what they do on Friday. Thanks so much, Tim. Yeah, appreciate it. All right. Coming up next, then, let's go to my man, Frank. Hey, Frank. What up, what up? Hey, so, uh, yeah, everybody prepare for the the Luca narratives. It's, I mean, like your buddy said earlier, Adam, like, he got put on blast tonight. All this, you know, all the stats that are coming out, the 1.77 points per possession, blah, blah, blah. It's here. It's real. Like narratives are going to get nasty and disgusting. And, and then I'm kind of glad. And I don't really care that Lucas says, you know, takes accountability verbally, you know, after games, it's cute, but this, we need to see it in the off season. Like we need to see. A, I'll tell you what though, Frank, Frank, I like this narrative so much more than the bullshit about how he doesn't make teammates better. Like, I hate that narrative. This one where you're like, oh, we just watched him get put into a blender. Like, as opposed to the teammate stuff where it's like, oh, hey, cool, he passed to Dorian, and Dorian went 0 for 5. Like, that, this is much more, like, it feels more buildable and fixable versus the, where you simply, some people, you, you simply cannot convince them that, like, Luca is a is a good team-based player. Yeah, sure, I totally agree with that. I'm, I just want to see, see it next year, but, uh, Going back to the game, we kind of haven't talked to X's and O's in a while, the last couple speakers, but I, I don't think we made too many adjustments today. But uh, 
we did start Bullock like on Chris from the get go, and I know he probably can't sustain that for 40 minutes a game, but we kind of went away from it in the uh, second half. And I was I was in a sun space on Twitter, and they were saying the same thing like, why did the Mavericks go away from that? And uh, I don't I don't know, but well, Chris Chris one- kept hunting Luca for switches. That was part of it, and and I think when they when they finally started sending two guys and Chris Paul, that was when things got really nasty, um, where they just started like absolutely raining threes. Like these Suns are just really good. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely, I get it. I just uh, even if it means put, I'm not even gonna insult the the space with saying put Frank in or put Josh in there, but just finding a way to keep pressure on him and. Finding a way to make him guys. Oh, hold on. I'm going to talk to the chat. Uh, this is y'all are making me mad at this. Criticizing someone is not pushing a narrative. Learn what criticism is and learn to take it. Good lord, people. Luca can be bad at defense. He got scored when they attacked him. Guys scored on him 86 percent of the time. What are we doing? The, the, this data is available. You watch Luca get escorted him to the rim. It's okay. He had a bad game. Sorry, Grant. Go ahead. No, that's rough, man, and it hurts me too. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm sitting there yelling and screaming at the TV. I hate it, and I'm, and I, and I'm a sucker for it. I, I, I try to avoid the first takes and the skips and the Shannons and all those, you know, clickbaity ass things, and 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 it, and it gets me too. I, I get it, man, and I, and I find myself losing my rationale to the to the narrative, right? I, I, I feel the chat, but I totally feel you. Just, uh, it's hard, man. <laughs> it well, no, because like when you get beat like that, when you get beat like what just happened to us, it's like a, it's like the kind of thing that causes a little bit of an existential funk. Because it's like, you know, you've, we've all been on sports teams where it's like like things go to shit and you just are mad, and that's what this is. Yeah, I hear you. I I feel like I had more to add. Uh, your buddy, I, I really like that guy's point though, man. I, I really hope this helps. Uh, if, I hope he cares enough to. Luca, I hope he cares enough to really make some changes, you know, to his body next year, and we can see some real physical change in uh in him. And then I'll end with the JB thing. He's gonna get paid. We, we're, you know, the bird rights trap. You know, we're we're dead. We got We got to pay him. We, we're not gonna let him walk for nothing. We're not gonna purposely make our team worse next year by just letting him walk. So at a minimum, we'll sign him to whatever the hell the deal is. Who cares what the number is at this point? And then at best case scenario, you know, um. We get a sign-in trade or something, but he's going to be here next year at a minimum. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Thank you. Oh, hey, I was on mute. Appreciate you. Thanks for coming up, Frank. All right, let's go to Jim. Hey, Jim. What's up, Kirk? Oh, you know. Yeah, I know. Um, so I just want to preface what I'm about to say with um, – I expected the Suns to either gentleman sweep or sweep the Mavs. Um, just based on previous matchups this season. But I wanted to point out something. Um, the remaining eight teams take out Dallas, so the remaining seven teams that are left in these conference semifinals, it feels like to me that Dallas by far has had the worst draft success relative to those other teams besides Miami, because that's like huge destination market that they could always yeah, make. Trades the for. undrafted free agents that they put together are incredible. So I will say that even them. True. Okay. Sure. True, true. But it feels like it's easier for them to trade for bigger names because of the market. 
Yeah. People are more enticed to go to Miami. Um, but just with Phoenix themselves, I was thinking about it and I was uh, looking it up tonight. Cam Johnson was a top 10 pick. Mikhail Bridges was a top 10 pick. Devin Booker was a top 13 pick. Sure. Uh, they suffered for a lot longer. They were bad. Like, right. They have they, a pedigree. Yeah. They And honestly, their lows were worse, almost as bad as like the 90s Mavs. Like yeah. it, and I don't feel like Mavs fans can truly understand. Like obviously that season before Luca was pretty bad. Oh God, it, it was on on by like game forty. I didn't know how to do game recaps. There's just like nothing to write about. Like like no one remembers this, but Dennis Smith Jr. had like a thirty three percent usage rate. He just had the ball all the time, and he was like scoring fifteen points a game. Right, and you just never want that on any level whatsoever, and. I'm just thinking about it, and these players like that Phoenix have, they can. Uh, I know how valuable the mid range is to them, and how successful they are at it. They're the best team in the league at the mid range, and in the yes. playoffs, that's what you want. You want to be able to space the floor so much so that you could get whatever type of shot from whatever player on the floor at any time. That's why offensively they're just so incredibly lethal, and. With the Mavs, okay, they're really low draft successes. And I know Dwight Powell wasn't, like, uh, drafted by the Mavericks, but I consider him, like, a homegrown type of person. Right. So, like, Maxi, Dwight, Dorian, those guys, they, they can't create their own shot. They can't do that mid-range stuff that Cam Johnson does. Or that uh, Jay Crowder could do sometimes, you know. And Devin Book, and obviously Luca needs the second star. We've already talked about that tonight. Bronson's not that. We've already talked about the length issues. Um, but there needs to be role player wise. It just feels like the Mavs are not going to get anywhere until they reestablish with Nico a serious draft presence because every other team in the NBA. That's in these conference semifinals. Like that they're all homegrown draft people. Like obviously sure. Philly, like I, I don't feel like Philly's um like Joel's obviously their top guy, but Tyrese was a success. And then obviously they traded for Harden, Tobias, uh, Danny Green. Those are all trade people. Um but besides Philly and uh Dallas, every other team feels like they've been Huge draft success, it's, it, especially Memphis, too. So, Well, I put this in the chat, and I'm just going to say it. I had a discussion at some one point before the 2020 draft with a Mavs person who was just kind of like, well, you know, and this is when we only had the two picks. Uh, no, yeah, only had the two picks um, before we you – know, there was a draft day trade for um, Seth Curry, which netted them a second-round draft pick. And person the Mavs basically said to me, like, well, you know, it's the 18th pick. Like, historically, you know, just go look. You don't really get a lot of guys. Like, it's just – it's harder for guys to pan out. And, like, it's something that's stuck in my head for three years now because it, it when you have that attitude, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you have to care. You have to care. It's why we put so much weight on Josh Green and also why I get so mad at Josh Green because he's representative of failed process. Yes, and uh, obviously Tyrese Maxey and Desmond Bain were picked before him. We, we're going to go to the grave knowing that and thinking about that. Yeah. But it, it's just 
the Mavs now, like, the soonest draft pick they get. What What is our pick this year? Do you know off the top uh, of your head? It's like 25 or 26, because we're the, we're the fifth best team in the league, record-wise. Uh, uh, give me a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Stupid Eastern Conference. But here, but here's the deal. It feels like with Nico now, there's a new breath of fresh air, like a new eye for talent. Like I didn't trust anything Donnie's done no, draft wise. I don't trust anything like, Nico says either. To be honest, dude's the shoe exec. I trust Michael Finley and what the team of people that they have there. We have to give them some space. Unfortunately, it's just like they have been set up with a rather empty. Uh, um, barrel so to speak so let's just say that the Mavs had like Memphis Memphis's draft assets you know so let's say we had like Zaire Williams this year do you feel like Zaire Williams would be in the rotation the playoff rotation? I don't know that's a good question I mean I do like what kid has done with guys uh you know it gets back to the bigger picture with kind of the freedom and the stuff that they've done it's just it's it's I don't know. I, I wonder, you know, if I ever get Cuban on the show again, I would. I think I might ask him if he would have parted ways with Rick Carlisle in like 2016 or 17, just to, you know, Dirk was still on the team at that point, but it's just the Mavericks were were slowly drowning, and by doing that, they really just they they did a lot of just stuff for next year. I mean, you can go figure out the Mavs cat like like pick situation. Um, it's ugly. They've sent a lot of stuff away. Right. They don't have a lot of assets for a long time. And they never fully tanked enough to actually get what Phoenix has gotten by really hardcore yeah. tanking. So Yeah. It's but do you have hope draft wise? I mean, it, the twenty twenty draft was one we're gonna be talking about for a long time because you had three bites of the apple and you didn't come away with a single functional player at this point, even though Josh Green is in the rotation. I love how many people will tell me, ah, I think Josh Green's got something special. To be perfectly honest, I don't care anymore. Because whether he it. could be whether he could be special now, Luca's contract like Luca has, you know, it's it's what everyone in the in the chat is fearful of. That Luca around three years from now, into his, you know, it'll be his I think his five year extension starting next year but the last year's player option starting in about two and a half to three years, if he gets unhappy, like that's challenging because that's when the Mavericks start to have to do, you know, mortgaging their future to make him happy. And, you know, if Josh Green's good in five years, like that just doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Yeah. I care about winning now. And, right. and a lot of people don't seem to understand that that's the timeline of this where it's like in this Mavericks team right now, everybody's 29 or 30, except for Brunson and Luca and Josh Green. Like right, the, they're inexperienced, not young. Yeah. yeah, whatever kid said the other day, and I think he clarified it again. Yeah, like they're not a young team; they're just inexperienced. They're not an old team. They're just yeah, they're they're slightly seasoned, and this is a good year for them. And they probably have one more year with probably four or five of these guys still back. I think they're going to move some stuff, so we'll see. Yeah, it, we'll see. By, by all means, this year was a success in quotes because we got out of the first round, and also. Yes. With the Porzingis trade, Zach Lowe said this on his podcast too. Like he he never thought that like the or he said that the Mavs ceiling was lower this year back in like February. He doesn't see that anymore. I still think that this ceiling for the team is lower technically because you don't have a second star. You well, don't this have is like, like a, the highest possible. Like this is they've outperformed my expectations following the trade in every way imaginable. It's just right now I have a hard time seeing them getting any better than this. 
Right. And, and honestly, Jason Kidd's done a wonderful job this year. Outperform expect- expectations. Yeah. So. No, he certainly has. Well, thanks, buddy. Let's talk soon, okay? Yep. Yep. Sounds great, Kirk. Yep. All right. Uh, Mr. Pry, sorry. Everybody in here, y'all are all amazing for waiting. I'm going to get to everyone because I appreciate you hanging out with me. Oh, God. Kirk, you – okay, cool. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Wasn't ready for it. Yeah, um, I did tell you you were next. I mean, Maz weren't ready for anything tonight. So, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it is what it is. Um, man, the first thing that I feel like there were issues with, and this is from someone who, like, you know, I did high school sports. I covered uh, college sports, you know, as a journalist. And, man, dude, it is it is all about belief and – the way that we came out in that first quarter, especially the first like six minutes of that first quarter, dude, it was pathetic. Like, you know, I saw guys looking over their shoulder, guys who were like, oh, you know, like I saw Luca pass up shots where I was like, dude, you hit that in the regular season and you would hit that no matter who's against you, just hit it. Yep. And oh my God, it was so frustrating. And I'm not saying it's the reason that we lost tonight. There's a lot of reasons why we lost tonight. Um, I think uh, if we're all just going to be honest here, Phoenix is a better team, and their coaching is every bit, if not better than our coaching, and we're just kind of just stuck in this rut where if we could have you know, caught a game here or there in the regular season, we would, uh, we would be going against Memphis right now and going, oh, Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to go to the to the Western Conference Finals and get stomped by the Suns in the Western Conference Finals and feel a lot better as a team. Yes. Um, yes. And what I have understood from the last two games, as well as the Jazz series, is this. Dorian Finney-Smith... While he did not have he did not have a good game tonight, and it's not his fault. There were some very soft whistles against him tonight. <clears throat> yeah, uh, you know, Dodo is that dude as far as defense. Um, and you know, Dodo will hit his threes when you need him to hit his threes. He is a reliable role guy, and he might be the best reliable role guy that we've seen since the 2011 championship, as far as role people are concerned. Jalen Brunson, dude, it pains me because with the Jazz series, series, I was like, dude, he is – I was like, Jalen's that guy. And I see tonight, and I see the other night, and mm, if, if you put length against Jalen Brunson, he's not as good. And that's frustrating because I love Jalen, and – I want him to be great. Like I would love for Jalen to be a 22 point a night guy, you know, with the Mavs moving forward for the next six years. But uh, I see people who are like, you know, let him walk. No, don't let him walk. That's that's stupid. But sign and trade. I'm sorry. Like figure it out. Nico Harrison is he's supposed to be the guy. That's why we brought him on. Figure it out, you know, because. 
Jalen has the talent. There are, there are teams across the league who need a backup point guard, might need a, a, a second scorer or, you know, fill in the blank. You, you can sell Jalen Brunson for a lot of good things, but man, it was, it was frustrating to say the least. I get it, dude. It's a long night. Yeah, <laughs> really long night. Really long night. All right, man. Let's talk soon. All right. I hope you come back Friday. Sure. Thank you. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah. She, she, we're all too reactionary. It's one forty-five in the morning. We're, we're all a little nuts. I think at this point, Logan, you've been waiting for a real long time. How's it going, Kirk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's up? Well, I had all these ideas to talk about the game and then I was like, what else is, I'm what sorry. is there really to say? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, it's just like, I mean, the Suns are just really freaking good. And, like, yeah, we've pretty much wrung out as much as we can of the team. And, like, I'm happy about the whole year, and I'm trying to, like, keep remembering that I am in spite of this. Mostly because with the mistakes that were made before, like, this was kind of a, like, get worse to get better year. And so I think that there's, like, good things being built I'm just trying to be as positive as possible, but like the Suns are just really freaking good. I mean, yeah. I I think like anybody who's uh, Luca does have problems. The defense is a problem, but like you give him Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, and we're talking about a whole different world. <laughs> it's just a completely different like whatever second and third, and that's why I'm always a little defensive of like Dorian Finney-Smith, and it's he's just as good as Jay Crowder. It's just he's not being asked, which Jay Crowder went off tonight, but Reggie Bullock made threes. Like, I'm saying those guys are all in kind of the same tier, and it's like Brunson and Dinwiddie just aren't aren't that, you know? Yeah. And I think yeah. once you shift everything down, I mean, if you have Paul George, we look a lot more like the Clippers, and pretty pretty quickly, like I think when it comes to getting the big, I think we're kind of stuck in a no man's land where we don't really have the big to try to play Phoenix like on their own terms, but we don't have like the depth to do what the Clippers do, where it's like here's what just overwhelming waves of athletes and wings. You know what I mean? So it's like I think that's kind of what we want to be is more of like small ball and. But it's just we don't really have the roster quite for that either. We don't have, like, a P.J. Tucker who can be a reliable small ball big. And, um, yeah, I don't know, you could whatever you think about what I'm saying, I'm just rambling at this point. But No, no, I get it. I mean, it's like there's a lot of stuff that didn't even happen tonight. Like, Kid talked about going small, and they simply couldn't do it because Dorian got into foul trouble. Yeah, the foul like trouble. Some of their, their adjustments were not they were non-existent because the game plan got blown up within eight minutes. And, of course, some of that was Kid's fault. Like, leaving Dorian in was dumb. Yeah, know. yeah, no, the foul trouble, <sighs> yeah, but I was going to, I guess, try to be optimistic about, like, long-term stuff, because I think people need to be able to, like, take a step sure. back and realize, because really, like, our books just kind of have to clear up, and I think I think our culture, to an extent, has changed enough, like, when Waz was on, when Big Waz was on, and he was like, people will want to play with Luca if they think they will win championships with Luca. It's just like that simple. And it helps when you don't have Rick and Donnie being curmudgeons and or creepy and or not knowing what the hell they're doing. You know what I sure. mean? No, so, that, that's going to be the big unmeasurable for me because, you know, we've seen Miami create cap space every year. Um, we have a new cap guy. Well, I mean, it's going to be his second year. 
but uh, he was kind of the assistant cap guy. Like, there's enough reasons for optimism. I will simply say that I personally do not have the Dalton Trig in me to be able to see a very clear path. And that just makes everything else feel a little worse. Because when you said, like, oh, we got to have the books clear up, the books aren't clearing up. Any, like, the Mavericks are not going to have cap space for, like, three, four years. No, yeah, like, it's, it's a, it's a long – yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely not um, – I mean, I guess that's what I'm saying is like you kind of just have to build like some kind of foundation where as soon as you get even enough to sign one star, that one star is like, holy shit, all I have to do is go right there. And like, it's a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's, you know, I'm, it won't even be the same kind of player, but like the Pippin to Jordan analogy, like every freaking star needs one. And there's yeah. going to be some guy who's at that point in his career. Um, well, but, that's where, like, the Mavericks' bad luck has, like, caught up with them because they fall in the 2018 draft. They use a draft pick to move uh, to, to go get Luka. And, you know, Cuban argues with this, but but I, I found Mark Stein's stuff. Where it's like all they had to do was absorb the contract of Kent Bazemore, and they could have moved. And then the Mavs didn't want to do that because they wanted to preserve cap space. And then so they, they just – then they, they, they made a move for KP, which I think was still a good move in principle, and it just didn't work. And so then they were out more draft assets, and then they didn't use their cap space because they were thinking about signing Giannis this year, which never happened. And it's like all this stuff is like a, a, a series of moves, and the Mavs have painted themselves into a corner, and it's an understandable one. I'm a little frustrated at some of the things. I didn't agree with them at the time, but I at least understood the logic, whether or not I agreed. So it's like, Moving forward, it's just a little difficult because I don't see it, but that doesn't mean there's not anything there. I mean, that's why these guys, that's why these guys have that job and I'm on a green room at two in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I understand like, I mean, the KP thing was just kind of like the original sin, like losing those picks and because we haven't been able to trade them. Like, nope. honestly, some of the guys like CJ McCollum was pretty cheap, like guys that are 30 years old that are getting paid that money. Like you might say we don't want to pay him that much money, whatever. But in general, like getting guys at that level, they're not as I mean, to get a star star, we don't have the assets. But like having all of the picks locked up has just been and then you're not getting the draft either because like. Uh, I mean, it's I'm such a draft nerd, and it has always been being a Mavs fan and also being a draft nerd. It's like the dumbest. <laughs> like, why did I? Why do I right, have this situation? Care. Yeah, like, like, Mavs draft, um, whose real name is escaping me for the moment. It's just like he's done all this work and stuff for the Mavericks for like like for years, and it's just like oh, they just kind of throw. Though he did actually say they were going to draft Josh Green. Um, but it's it's just it's frustrating because it's like you know and and then I remember when they fell in 2018 it was like no and I just really wanted Miles Bridges and then Miles Bridges not or no whichever Bridges was kicking our ass tonight that, <laughs> McCall, that was who I yeah. wanted McCall that was who I wanted at five sorry it's late I'm well, tired it it seems like sometimes the best way I can sum up like. Because the Cuban, Donnie, like, long kind of team-building thing we've had really almost has no identity, which is part of the problem. But if it did have one, it's like it's like they almost – like, Cuban almost runs it like a business. It's yeah. like, how can I, like, get the most value and, like, basically just try to create 2011 where it's, like, all the perfect role players and, like, it's so obvious that's not how it works. You either have to have, like, true star draw city – and like hopefully our culture change and stuff and having Luca like we can get that one or you have to draft. There is no in between right. of being like there is no in between of of being like well I mean I guess Milwaukee's the only one because but they got Middleton on the cheap. You still have to like find talent. It's still talent evaluation and I know there's a lot of people that want to talk so I'll let you go but I think 
like one place that it, like ignoring the draft, but just in general, when Mark Cuban made those comments about AAU and I feel like Donnie being so Eurocentric, like we, it's like a football team being like, uh, we don't necessarily think the SEC is where the best, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, get, yeah. get like purebred fucking AAU guys. Like everyone else understands is basketball and it's just like we kind of waited till just now to be like oh let's get michael finley in and and let's get gerald Dudley assistant coach like it's you can tell the culture change is more of like a hooper like basketball centric like i can feel it i can tell that they've adapted to that but the fact that you had donnie at like <laughs> just looking at pictures of him you're like this guy isn't i don't know it's a whole thing that i could rant about and it's sure. not explaining it well but like it just took us so long to catch up to what basketball in 2022 well, is because, because they told us for years like like i but even even me the cynic who hated what they did you know heard the foul oh, we're the smartest guys we know all the stuff and like you, you hear it and you root for the team and you start to hear it enough because number one it goes out to local media then it's on radio and then, it, you know, guys like me, even who are cynics, will talk about it. It's like starting – so then you start to believe, well, oh, you know, these guys really know what they're doing, the 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 circle of trust and all that horse shit. And it's just that you get fed it enough and, you you know, you're a fan. You want to believe it. And, unfortunately, we were just – I don't want to say we were – lied to is not right. It's just like we believe the marketing, and sometimes marketing doesn't actually – you know, it doesn't match what the product is. Well, I also think in 2006 to 2011, it was just – easier right like oh, it, God, there's yeah. just to, there's just i mean look at what donnie donnie nelson did to get dirk Nowitzki. like they basically figured out that he was a superstar and then hid him the <laughs> yeah. draft. like they, you yeah. can't do that shit anymore like Giannis is probably the last real one where it, and Giannis grew like four inches since he was drafted anyways logan thanks for hanging out i no, appreciate sorry. it i know i'm rambling i appreciate oh, you that's fine mm-hmm. All right, um, let's go to Brian, who has left the room like four times, but I'm going to let him up here because I like him. Hey, Brian, hit the unmute button. Hey, Kirk, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not a lot. You sound uh, a little sauced. How you doing? Uh, well, I'm in Vegas. So oh, you are a little sauced. Good. Oh, yeah, far, far beyond sauced. So um, it's been, uh, well... You know, I didn't necessarily watch the game live live, but I've seen enough to say, like, I don't really understand why everybody's really mad about the outcome. Like, I saw a lot of people. I, I watched uh, game one, like, from uh, tip off to right. end, and a lot of people were trying to, like, hold out hope for game four or, like, the fourth quarter, like, you know, yep. when the Mavs made their ridiculous comeback. And it was like, guys, like – do you not understand how basketball works where teams will make a comeback when a team is up 20? Right. That all... was not indicative. They were like beating. You know. uh, I've seen some really bad faith takes and then people dunking on really good like articles that have been written about like game one. And that really annoyed me. But, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, from, so I've, I've, I've caught up enough where I've, scene where a lot of people are mad but it's like you know a lot of people don't understand so when the Mavs won the title back in 2011 and they eliminated the thunder within i think it was like what five or six games like this sun's team is kind of on a mission and the Mavs are not that that team i don't understand why people are so upset that potentially they could lose in five or six games it's okay like yeah. I don't, I don't, I really don't. Well, understand. I mean, they're up at half. 
and then well, play and and there was enough stuff to where you were looking at the halftime and okay. saying, okay, Brunson can play better, Dorian can play better, and and, and it's like there's not where and then they just come out and lay an absolute A. That's well, why this sucked. Well, you know what, Kurt? But I had like a completely a different like perspective, like prior to getting like more sauce than I am right now. Like I saw Luca had 24 points at halftime, and I was like. Ooh, I don't like their chances, and believe it yeah. or not, they got blown out because, like, I saw that crazy stat that you know I Mark Stein tweeted out earlier today, but I want to give Dalton Trigg like props for tr- actually like acknowledging that earlier. But the thing is, like, I I don't know what else you want like from this team. Like, the Sun team is better, and yep. they have a strategy, and they decided to let Luca just go. Like, I saw so many tweets today saying, oh, man, Luca just needs to go asshole Luca." Like, he did that in the first half, and they still lost by double digits. What else do you want from the team? And I'm really confused on people getting mad and upset about, like, Brunson's production. And it's just, like, very, very obvious to point out, like, Brunson does not play well against length. And you and Josh Bowe have pointed out very, very, like, nicely that he does not play well against Link. And how many points did Jalen have tonight? Nine points. How many points did he have in game one? I don't know. Not very many. It was not, like once. Not very many, Kirk. And then his, post, his post-game conference after game one indicated that he was going to get more. And yeah. he obviously did not. So, I mean – Really, anything at this point is gravy for this team. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm like you. Like, I feel like me and you have similar like beliefs of this like franchise because that's all we like believe in. But I don't really have the energy to be mad right now. Like, what's well, because really you're in a good place? Like, you're well, in Vegas. I, I'm on my couch. Well. Y- y- uh, of course, but I, like re- realistically, on Monday, right when I uh, when I saw the game, bell the bell, and I bet the spread for under, I still wasn't really mad because the Suns are a better team, and that's okay. That is completely okay when you are playing a- against a better, superior team. That's gonna happen. Like yeah. when people are like, I'm just really annoyed more like at these bad faith takes, like saying all these sun truthers it's like guys like stop like trying to fabricate these not like untruthful basketball like fruitions it's okay to play a better team than yourselves right. and like it, it's just it's really bad it, it just appreciate whatever happens like going forward and maybe this maybe this match team like makes it competitive maybe they get swept i really don't know but I, I don't really have any excuses for them, Steve. I really don't. Some teams is better. Yeah. Well, go have fun in Vegas. Go to go to Fremont for me. I love the Fremont experience. It's so trashy. Outstanding. Go have some fun, all right? Oh, I, I have, Kirk. Uh, trust me. <laughs> I, I have I've had so much fun. And I, believe it or not, I'll come back at the end of the month. So, double Vegas. Wow. Let's all go. right, man. Talk soon. Be good. Thanks, buddy. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to go with Savas. What's happening? And Jeremy, you'll be last. Hey. One more time. Hey. button. There we go. Hey, Kirk, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Uh, yeah, so I don't know if you caught it uh, when the 
uh, commentators were talking about uh, Luca being bothered by the crowd. Did you catch that? Yes, that was that was interesting. And I don't know. I didn't really. You know, I'm glad this is like a great hour two podcast discussion because it's like something that'll make people mad. But like, this was a game where I do think the crowd affected him. Like, he, that's what his second half was just so unlike his first half. And he like got into an argument with a fan leaving the court to go change his tights. Like it was wild. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get the, I didn't get if he was just like getting into a confrontation with a specific fan or if he was just like legitimately bothered by the entirety of the crowd, you know? Um so yeah, I thought that was weird. Also, you know, two games in a row now where we start off, you know, going down by like 12 points or something that that needs to stop because you know that sets the tone for the entire game and yep. always we're digging out of a hole ourselves yep exactly and yeah we were able to dig ourselves out of holes in the regular season but this is obviously a different scenario being in the playoffs and against the suns yep. so um let's see uh also the suns this is really tough for the Mavs because the suns this is like a 12 man rotation so <laughs> like everyone everyone can hit shots everyone can get minutes uh you know it's just everyone has a role and you know if one guy doesn't get it done that night they just put in a different guy and it's you know that's hard to do when we're playing with basically like a six man seven man rotation um so yeah this is just a horrible matchup for us uh, and also, Luca passing up shots. He had a wide open floater at one point. I don't remember when it was in the game, but he had a wide open floater, and he just kicked it out to Reggie or Dorian or I don't know who. But you know, he needs to be aggressive in that situation. I get the whole. Obviously, we're playing the whole three pointer, you know, thing where if we make more threes, we're going to win. But we need to, you know, Luca needs to take those shots. We need easy shots because he he passed up just enough easy shots to make like our Mavs Moneyball Slack channel feel crazy. Yep. Yeah. So it's kind of just really frustrating. And, you know, also with Luca, the jumping in the air without knowing where he's going with the ball. And then he just kind of recklessly throws it into the backcourt. Like that needs to stop too, because that's just, begging for them to steal the ball and then that's just easy points and we just need to stop that um and yeah i mean i think that's pretty oh and you know jalen brunson man i was i don't know if you remember but i was one of the few that was begging the mavs to trade him yes i do Mm -hmm. at the deadline and uh you know i took it back in the last series but now i'm (laughs) totally convinced that you know we need to trade him because we cannot rely on a guy who can't you know he's unplayable against the suns here it's just unplayable and you know we can't be given 20 25 maybe even 30 million dollars to a guy who can't even get on the court so yeah just really disappointing so i hope that we trade him in the offseason and we're at least able to get some depth in return so thanks for joining man appreciate you waiting too yep no problem thanks kurt Okay, Jeremy, you're last. What's up, friend? Uh, can you hear me? I can. All right. So, 
I just didn't want to come in here and crap on everybody's parade for a while. I just I haven't felt <laughs> like I haven't felt good about this team since I mean really all year. But then even once the KP trade happens, I was like, this is not gonna go well for them, and uh, <laughs> it just kind of feels like it's all coming to fruition. You know, we beat the Jazz, and I kind of look at them, though, that they're one of the three worst teams are in the playoffs. Probably Atlanta and Chicago were worse, but it's kind of a false sense of accomplishment. A, you look at this roster, and there's not really anywhere to go with them. I mean, they have to spend this offseason getting off of these awful contracts. I mean, you you look at the depth of this team and who who they can actually put on the floor. And thank God Bertans gave some kind of minutes to keep it close today. But he's not – he's not – he should be – Right, we're not relying on Bertans. Yeah, but but they did tonight. Right, right, and that's like that's frightening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's just – I mean, that's – you look at some of the guys they have on their bench, you look at the end of the bench and you're like, well, Boban is paid to be a mascot. Uh, Sterling Brown is just not an NBA player. Ooh, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Mike Nilakina is not an NBA player. I know a lot of people will get excited about him because it's Link, but there's a reason he was a 23 year old unrestricted free agent before training camp. Like the, he wasn't, it wasn't like he was signed for you know, <laughs> right. agency. And they have all these players who are just and Josh Green, I had some hope for him for hope for him before the playoffs, but he just clearly maybe he figures something out and he's just not as nervous or whatever is going on with him, but he's right now he's not an NBA playoff player. And you look at the roster and you're like who is it? It's Luca, Finney Smith sometimes, Reggie Bullock. And Brunson, if no, if there's at least two players on the court that are under six four, like, yeah. And everyone else, you look at is like who is who on this team can you rely on? Who is playing? Who can you put out there? And I don't like Kid as a coach. I you know I don't I haven't liked him. I didn't like the hire when it happened. Um, but. What he, I mean, I, I want him to make adjustments, pull Powell out of the lineup, but what's he going to do? I mean, I guess play Kleba. He tried to play – one of the reasons why Dorian Finney-Smith was in foul trouble is because they tried to play him at the five, and he had to foul eight, and every time he got near him, he was – I mean, they just – they had no answers. And this roster, he just – what do they – what do they do from here? Like, wh- who – who do they move for? Like, I, I just, I don't know. I uh, this, I feel more lost about this team than last year at the end of the year because I, I saw with the Clippers, they as like they're playing one of the best teams in the league. They took them toe to toe. They could have easily won the series with a few, with a few shot, with, uh, you know, a few made shots here and there. But now, I look and I'm like, okay, where do you go from here? Like, who's gonna take Spencer Dinwiddie? I understand. Who's going to take Davis Bertans? Nobody. Davis Bertans is a maverick until his contract expires. Yeah. That, that's I understand. Okay. And, well, thanks, man. Appreciate you. All right. <laughs> well, guys, almost made it full two hours again, so that's fun. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Uh, probably go to bed, but I meant for the next several days. You know, check Mavs Moneyball. We'll have stuff up. I appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, this has been great. 
Um, yeah, and you can go to Mavs Moneyball and see me arguing with commenters. Um, so, yeah. Everybody have a, uh, a better Thursday, and we will talk to you guys Friday night. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.